Welcome to Everyday Superhumans, the podcast where we chat with ordinary people doing extraordinary things. I'm Charlie. And I'm Kyle. And we are here in the recording studio. The old recording studio. We're now back in Everyday Superhuman South this time. Yes. A.K.A. my bedroom. Yeah. Scandalous. Super scandalous. Because With, it's, a, it's a less echoey part of the building. Yeah. Everyone in floor just echo everything. That's Conference true. Way to go. And there's no nugget today. That's true. Our mascot's gone. Are there any alarms that you have on that you need to turn off or oh, anything? No. <laughs> no. Remember last time in the intro there was oh, an yeah, alarm that went off? Place, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, though, I think it's time we kind of stop joking about this because we have a very very heavy subject today Mm -hmm. we usually try to be a bit lighthearted in our show kind of wholesome but today we're speaking about an issue that's people don't really want to talk about it's minor sex trafficking we interviewed steven phoenix of the refuge for dmst which dmst stands for domestic minor sex trafficking and this is an issue that it was brought to my attention how little attention this issue gets. And we only think of it as, let's say, Taken. The movie yeah. Taken was really the first time that I thought about it. But what? That's in Europe? That's or? in Europe. Yeah, you usually think of like Eastern Europe or like uh, Thailand or some like place that's far, far away from here. But no, America actually has a pretty big uh, minor sex trafficking issue. The stats are crazy, and we're not going to tell you any right now yeah but you'll listen to the episode about that steven yeah. goes into the numbers it's really concerning yeah and but, it's happening in our backyard but this is where the refuge steps in the refuge is a nonprofit here in austin they are going to create a a refuge a refuge basically. yeah a refuge that these girls that have been uh th- been through sex trafficking can go and be rehabilitated the emotional scars can heal and they could get the loving and care in their life. Even the uh, lead therapist for uh, the refuge is a survivor of minor sex trafficking, and now she is helping out these young girls get through everything. That's more. We get to our story later on to the interview, but this issue is such a heavy issue that I had a hard time editing this episode because like everything we said was very important. So this is a longer episode than usual, mm-hmm. just because every word mattered. And there's just so much information that we don't know about that was brought to Mm. our attention. I'm so thankful that Stephen wanted to talk with us and shed light on this situation. Yeah. Yeah. I'm happy for him too. He's doing a great work along with the rest of the refuge. They'll actually be open, I believe later this year, if not early next year, Mm -hmm. is when they'll officially start taking in, I can't call them patients, but victims. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, for rehabilitation. And, and there's hope. They're in the big message out of the refuge is that there, there's hope for um, these girls that have suffered a lot that no one in their young life should have mm-hmm. to go through. But with the refuge, they're getting the support that they need. Yep. And we could talk forever about this, but we'll yeah. go to Stephen, <laughs> who definitely knows what he's talking about. Yeah. And I hope you enjoy this episode. It's a hard, it's a heavy one, but it's such an important issue that we're happy to help get out there in the open to help these little girls just basically overcome their demons. 
Yeah, do you want to uh, go into detail about the refuge and what you guys do? Yeah, uh, we are building a, a refuge uh, for teen girls rescued from sex traffickers. Uh, the, our residents will be 11 through 17, uh, and they have uh, girls that have been, you know, uh, involved in sex trafficking mm-hmm. uh they come to us through cps uh dfps the criminal justice system uh, austin police department um and when we open with 48 beds it'll be the largest facility like it in the country oh. um wow. we're also pushing to open in other cities as well um and but at 48 beds um if we open tomorrow we would be full by the end of the month i bet that's um, still not a lot of beds. Yeah. Did y'all hear, see about, there was a new UT study that came out, uh, May, I believe, uh, that said that uh, there was a whole uh, two-year survey that uh, studied sex trafficking, human trafficking throughout mm-hmm. the state. Um, and they took, they didn't do a little, uh, we knew it was very underreported. Uh, mm-hmm. The children. Yeah, you never hear about it. Well, they don't like to, I mean, they're so indoctrinated mm-hmm. uh, that they, that, I'll go into that. Mm-hmm. They don't um, self-report at all. Um, and uh, so we knew it was way underreported. We had no idea how underreported. The UT went in. They looked at uh, hospitals. They looked at doctor's offices. They looked at foster homes. They looked at schools, uh, places where one reported, but these people were sure that this kid was, the kid was being trafficked there. Mm-hmm. They reported 79,000 children and minors being trafficked in Texas just, today. Just in, in Texas? Just in Texas? Texas alone, yeah. You never hear about this in the U.S. Like, no. I that's the thing. Uh, when people when we first start talking about child sex trafficking, they assume it's to other people's kids. They assume it's other people in other countries. Uh, and then when they find out it's a problem here, they assume that it's foreign kids. Um, yeah, that's actually what I was thinking right now. The because... very next question is they because oh that's because we're close to the border. Um, yeah, yeah. As the next question, Texas is the second worst uh, in the nation behind California. Oh, uh, wow. Houston is the worst city in the whole entire country. Wow. Uh, but uh, mo- t- uh, two different surveys. Uh, Justice Department says only three percent of these kids are foreign born. Mm-hmm. Uh, another survey I know says it's uh, only twenty percent. Uh, and there's actually programs in place since two thousand uh, to take care of foreign born children. Mm-hmm. Uh, if uh, they go into a massage parlor and they're from Thailand mm-hmm. or El Salvador, uh, there are pro- pro- programs in place to help these children. There's mm-hmm. nothing to help the domestic kids at this point. Wow. Like I've uh, only seen it in the movies. Yeah, and yeah. I didn't I think, think it was. I just never realized that it was right in my front door, you know, right outside. Yeah, when basically. I think, like, I think the movie Taken, pretty much, which is yeah. Eastern Europe. That, yeah, that's and that's uh, always that's the other thing that I'm saying. It's not like the movie Taken. Eighty six percent of the reported cases are f- kids in foster care, the CPS mm-hmm. system. That's part of the reasons why you don't hear about it. Um, like seventy nine thousand. I mean, uh, when that news came out, I was kind of shocked the world didn't stop turning that day mm-hmm. um, and uh, it, they made some minor news on it but that's the size of New Braunfels mm-hmm. and if New Braunfels up and disappeared you know they would mm-hmm. call out the National Guard yeah. uh, but these are kids that are uh, they're, they come from foster care that have run away four and five times from four and five different types mm-hmm. of abuse and on that sixth seventh and eighth time nobody's literally looking for that kid mm-hmm. uh, that 14% that do come from upper middle class homes there that's really bad for the pimps business to go after those kids because when a kid who has family connections uh, is taken um, then here comes CNN here comes DPS troopers oh, Texas yeah. Rangers um, you know it's all over the news you know when 
a blonde white girl gets taken there. But that child that's run away seven, eight times, no one's really looking for her. Mm-hmm. So the, but still the odds are the same. Um, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children says that one out of every six missing children is more than likely a victim of sex trafficking. Mm-hmm. They also say that if, uh, whether it's that 14% uh, suburban kid or the 86 mm-hmm. uh, the kids that are from the of CPS system, uh, they run away tonight. Uh, within the first nine, 48 hours, 90% of them are going to be approached by a sex trafficker. And then how do they approach them? Like, I don't even... I can't even imagine how it actually happens. It's yeah, it's it's a different. There's different types of pimps at work. Uh, There's ones that work social media, uh, Mm -hmm. and they do pick off the suburban kids. They're looking for the kid riding in. I hate my mother. Mm -hmm. Uh, The common the common theme, whether it's the poor kid or the rich kid, is low self esteem. Uh, they'll approach a kid, kids in the mall, say, come to a bunch of girls and say, you look pretty. And the mm. first one that looks down is the one they start talking to. Mm. Oh, oh, um, that's such a parasitic thing to do. That's so they prey on the weak. Preying upon the weakest. Uh, like I said, the kid that has been abused in her, in her foster home and has run away because she can't stand it anymore. Uh, there's a guy waiting outside of McDonald's, waiting mm-hmm. outside of the CPS office. Uh, and he says, you look scared. You look hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'll take care of you. And that's part of the reason why the kid has this forms this trauma bond with a child with a with a, with a perp and doesn't want to uh, testify against him is because that is the first version of quote love this child mm-hmm. has really ever seen. Mm-hmm. And he says, "Come here, I'll get you a shower. We'll get you a warm clothing. Hey, let's mm-hmm. go get you some new clothes." Um, mm-hmm. The Harris County Jail, for example, uh, mm-hmm. has a really bad problem. Houston has a really bad problem with uh, girls inside jail recruiting. Uh, and what they, what they do is there'll be foster kids in there who've been picked up for theft or loitering or whatever there. Mm-hmm. And the girls will say, what? You don't have family. You don't have any place to go. He goes, my guy will get us out. We'll go out. We'll go to a club. We'll have fun. Mm-hmm. All this stuff. Her guy bails her out. And then they get to the club. And the guy says, you owe me. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Terrible. I know that gang recruitment supposed to be pretty similar to like that people are just looking for like a place to belong. Gangs really bad, particularly in Houston. Um, yeah. They rec- they recruit out of middle schools there. Um, they'll videotape. They'll gang rape a girl. Uh, videotape mm. it, uh, and then threaten to show her whole family, her mm. whole entire school. Um, and it's actually the fastest growing crime in the United States, in the world. Uh, mm-hmm. But in the United States, uh, Homeland Security is saying this year probably that tra- that sex trafficking is going to be a fast, a bigger crime than drugs for the first time ever. Wow. And the profitability on it is the reason why. Um, mm-hmm. a, a one guy running four girls can make a million a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Um, and There's no sub- exposure to it, too. I mean... There's no. There needs to be more. I'm so glad you are doing what you are doing. Yeah. You know because there really isn't that much exposure to what's refuge? going on. Stepping in to help these people that are in need. It's well, I, the, the origin story, I guess. Um, we, uh, my founder, a woman named Brooke Crowder, uh, was in seminary school in Kentucky. Saw a film by International Justice Mission uh, about foreign kids mm-hmm. and foreign trafficking. Uh, they were kept in a hole in the ground. Uh, these girls were. They took them out of the hole at night to work mm-hmm. the bordellos, uh, and it just destroyed her. Uh, they, her uh, 
uh, advisor found her crying in the chapel later, mm-hmm. and he, he he said, "This is your calling." And she was like, "I I don't know about that." And he's, "No, it is. You're the mm-hmm. only one here." Three hours later, crying, mm-hmm. uh, "This is your calling." Uh, and so from there, she went to Costa Rica to work on a language requirement. I uh, was there four years uh, and found the whole entire time she was there, she ended up working with young traffic teen, teen girls. Uh, the thing that was really bothering her is that she thought there were no services for these kids there. Mm-hmm. Uh, all she could do was like feed them and pray over them and thought, when I get back to the United States, there will be all these services in place there and this is what I'm going to do. And she got back here to Austin mm-hmm. and there weren't services for these kids um there are they were barely even identifying these kids as being trafficked mm. um in all law enforcement's changing around the country uh in the old days they'd pick arrest a girl a 16 year old girl for prostitution three four times and the cop would think she's just a bad girl mm-hmm. oh. now they know that no 16 year old wakes up and says i want to be a prostitute yeah kind of like like how i can like we kind of typically punish the uh, people that do the drugs instead of people like that sell the drugs. Yeah, yeah. Do they just punish people for doing the crime? I actually think that the people that are actually pushing for it, yeah, is yeah. definitely very. It's bad incentives, I guess. Yeah. And so California's passed a law that they call the No Such Thing Law, and they're saying hmm. there's no such thing as a child prostitute. Yeah. Uh, they want them all treated as victims. Um, okay. And okay. I see that, they were, that they're ignoring that this existed. Okay. No. Okay. Yeah. I was assuming it. Like I was my my face like. My mouth dropped for a second. I was like, what? Did yeah. it existing? No, that, happens? yeah, they're saying that that child okay. is a victim. And it's mm-hmm. actually that child sex trafficking is the only form of abuse where the victim goes to jail. Oh. Oh, wow. I mean, think about that. Mm-hmm. This is like, it's like a vicious cycle. Yeah. Because they're, back out. they're being, be yeah, they're being pressured to do that. Yeah. By they, somebody else, even though they're doing it, it's like somebody else is forcing them to do it. Yeah. And they have to do it. For their own safety, so yeah. it's a vicious Use force, cycle. Force, fraud, or coercion um, is the definition of sex trafficking. Mm-hmm. And um, I like a lot of folks to understand, well, why didn't she leave? You know, mm-hmm. okay, one, I mean, we were all 16 and yeah. did stupid things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's the one man that showed them any sort of love whatsoever mm-hmm. there. And she just she's worried about that one sort of, the one little bit of safety net she's ever had going away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Him possibly going to jail. Uh, so she won't testify against him. Um, and they the, the other thing that really perplexes people is... Um, uh, the, the word is a, uh, in the street, they call it a bottom bitch. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is this is a, a girl who has recruited other girls uh, mm-hmm. to work under the pimp. Mm-hmm. And I've seen on, people online go just absolute, they get a, a, a furor over that. How could she do that after it had been done to herself? Mm-hmm. Like, it's not much of an empathetic leap to realize that she did it so it would stop happening to her. Mm-hmm. Um, she could be in a more controlled situation yeah so she that way she didn't have to turn as many tricks per mm-hmm. night you know she gets to you know be on a management position mm-hmm. um and we had one case in south texas um and actually there's a federal law now that says uh that no child can be uh can, uh, can be convicted for prostitution uh, mm-hmm. but they don't follow that in all jurisdictions no. mm-hmm. Um, and it just depends on the local DA. And mm. uh, we had a case in South Texas. This guy uh, was paying $5,000 to have virgins brought to him. Mm. Um, his procurer uh, was a 17-year-old girl who worked middle schools for him. Mm. Uh, she got half of that money 
for every kid she brought him. Uh, he had been groomed her uh, mm-hmm. since she was 14 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, so three years in, you know, inside of her head, you know, mm-hmm. making this victim do his will. Um, and so when it was busted, uh, they charged him with one count. They charged mm-hmm. her with 10 counts. As an adult, mm-hmm. he got probation. She got 10 years. Mm-hmm. Although she was on the, like, basically the gun held up to her head or she was brainwashed. Like she yeah. wasn't the mastermind. Yeah. No. yeah. It, it's almost like, uh, Stockholm syndrome. Exactly. Yeah. I was thinking exactly. that where trauma bond is what uh-huh. they call that. Yeah. It's so crazy how. People can have so much power over you, and you don't even realize it. Yeah. Well, earlier when I said people said, you know, why did she leave? Um, and that we all know adult women who are in an abusive relationship, mm-hmm. you know, and they say, why didn't you leave? You mm-hmm. know, and that's yeah. exactly the same thing. That's an yeah. adult who can't mm-hmm. get her head <laughs> clear enough to get free of this guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so imagine being sixteen and a runaway. And I'm guessing like that their uh, their pimps also provide like all the I guess housing and like living that they need, like food and stuff like that too. So yeah, if they don't know how to make money either way or. They have a criminal record and they can't get hired anywhere. They just get stuck in this loop. Yeah, they just can't leave it. There's um, uh, now that I said there's a, a sea change. You know, mm-hmm. people are starting to realize that you know that no child wants to be a prostitute. Mm-hmm. They're even starting to realize that that 29 year old prostitute mm-hmm. got started when she was 12 and 13, mm-hmm. uh, and that there's uh, I always say prostitution is the world's oldest profession. Uh, now mm-hmm. we're realizing it's the world's oldest oppression, mm-hmm. um, and that there's always been somebody back behind them, you know, forcing them or coercing them into doing this. Um, and so where the refuge came in, well, my, well, back to the origin, my mm-hmm. boss, when she came back to Austin, started asking around for who provides mental health for these kids, who provides therapy for these kids, who provides metal, uh, medical services for these children, where do they go to get some, you know, any sort of recovery whatsoever there? And there was no unified place for that at that mm-hmm. time. Um, and uh, people start saying, why don't you go start it yourself? And she's like, ah, I don't know. Um, she met a, uh, a man who's now on our board, mm-hmm. uh, said, heard she was asking around about this, said, if I gave you 50 acres, would that be enough to get you guys started? Huh. Mm-hmm. Um, so he out in Bastrop County, uh, gave us 50 beautiful pine covered acres. That's great. Uh, yeah. That's the first, the hardest part in the first part's the land. The second part's the building. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in the last year, uh, we've been doing all the fundraising. Well, the year before that, we did the design of the place, uh, working with the architects, mm-hmm. putting together all the relationships with juvenile justice and CPS and law enforcement. Um, and then last year, I've been turning on the, all burners there to, to raise funds for this. But when it's up and running, uh, it'll be a, a refuge for 48 girls. It'll be tw- uh, um 21 buildings on the property. It'd be $6.5 million to build it. Uh, it'll cost a million and a quarter a year to get run it. Uh, and I've got the University of Texas uh, uh, charter system coming in, taking care of their, their schooling, People's Community Clinic taking care of their medical needs. I've got every type of therapy in the world out there. Yeah, was- Equine therapy, pet therapy, oh, art therapy. That's so great. Um, everyone out there is going to be trained in um, TBRI, which is trust-based relational intervention. Hmm. Um, it is a newish school of thought out of our, uh, TCU, uh, and it's being taught to all CPS workers now. It's oh. a great program. Um, 
in, in the old school, you know, bad kid must punish, mm-hmm. you know, now it's like bad kid. Why bad kid? You know, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> what, what yeah. is causing it's that behavior? Behavioral issues. Uh, uh, and so you address the behavior and you punish that. But you don't punish the child uh, who's mm-hmm. acting out in pain. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, broken relationships is what made this kid this damage. Uh, you have to build trust uh, and give mm-hmm. that place a kid where he feels safe. Mm-hmm. And so foster homes that will have been taught in TBRI, they'll get these kids that have bounced from six, seven, eight foster homes there. But if they've been trying, trained in TBRI there. That kid doesn't bounce. Mm-hmm. You know, he finally says, "I'm safe. I'm. I'm not. There's no need for me to strike out anymore." Um, so even me, the PR guy, has been trained up in TBRI. But anyway, we are the the there'll be uh, 48 girls out there. Uh, we broke ground last October, um, mm. and this coming May we delayed the first concrete slabs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we've got six slabs down. We're going to get all 21 done here very shortly. Uh, hope to be open in December. Uh, it'll be for our first group of 12. We would uh, love to see that at some point. Yeah, it's that's... it's an amazing facility yeah. there. I do, I do need to keep the location secure. Oh, yeah. Uh, so it'll be like NDAs and all that mm-hmm. sort of thing. I don't want to put like black bags over anybody's heads or anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but we're the, working with the state of Texas. They're hoping it will be the model uh, mm-hmm. for kids all over the state. Uh, like I said, there's 79,000. Wow. That's, that's 79,000 young people and minors. So that's 25 and younger. Uh, that study is going back in now to do another two-year study to figure out who these kids are and where mm-hmm. they are um, and to find out more in depth you know, about, you know, what got them all into this. Uh, but there was very little, I mean, it was a very un- murky underground world. I saw one study that said um, in Dallas, there are 400 girls a night being trafficked. Mm-hmm. Um, and they work a circuit uh, down 35 and I-10. And they're like three nights in Dallas, three nights in mm-hmm. Austin, three nights in San Antonio, three nights over in Houston. Um, and... Um, it's I mean we're working with uh like schools and foster homes to kind of decrease demand for it as mm-hmm. well uh working with young boys to realize that the the girl like working the whole pro, uh, like pornography helps feed this mm-hmm. um and there's um uh, i mean a lot of the people think it's just a a, a a victimless crime thing but i mean it affects the way young boys see young mm-hmm. girls um it affects the way older men see younger girls um and we've um commercialized uh and over sexualized young people mm-hmm. um i think it's people ask how did we get i mean when like earlier when we were talking about it, saying you know the, the child sex trafficking goes on in this country today people think that's no you know mm-hmm. maybe turn of the century sort of deal or this only happens in thailand mm-hmm. uh, but no it happens in suburban uh, cedar park texas um it happens um you know um, in central austin uh we know of girls that have been trafficked while still going to middle school um mm-hmm. guy come pick them up from school uh, and drop them back off uh, girls have been in that life two to three years, and mm-hmm. the girl's getting more and more upset, more and more suicidal, more and more cutting going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mom and dad have tried everything, can't figure out what it is there, and then finally she has an outcry um, mm-hmm. and realized that, that my little girl has been trafficked for the last two or three years. Like you said, that there's, there's clientele, too, that people want 
interaction with a 12-year-old. Yeah, it's kind of like, it's yeah, just, and selling bees, it means that there's a market there for it. Yeah, there's Which means there's yeah. supply and demand. And there's, if it's Texas so is number two, that's kind of concerning. If you're, if you're a pimp, you're a, you're a bad person, yeah. obviously. But also, if you're a client, you're equally as bad. Yeah. I mean, there's most, most a lot of, of bad people. Most of them do not. If they're caught, uh, it gets uh, plead down. Uh, they get a misdemeanor for prostitution. Uh, they should be charged with child rape. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Should be put on a sex <laughs> registry for the rest of their lives. If they could, a lot of them said, "Yeah, I knew." You know, a lot of them are just totally clueless, and they say she looked young. I uh, mm-hmm. didn't know. But there are other ones that are purposely, you know, selecting, yeah. you know, looking, trying to get young girls. Mm-hmm. That one should be on a sex registry for the rest. Yeah, yeah. That, like I would argue and say that they're the real issue because they are the ones that have the demand. A limit, yeah, cut down the demand. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. and it wouldn't be a, that profitable it's business. Definitely um, hard. I read this book called uh, Narconomics. It's about the economics of the black market, and then yeah. they say that the biggest issue is people focus too much on cutting down on the supply, but not on the demand. Yeah, and that just causes the prices to go up, but the demand to stay the same. Yeah, which they say they should be focusing on the on the demand side more. Yeah, but some people I think just kind of just screwed up. Yeah, they um, there's kind of an attitude of like boys will be boys, you know. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, but meanwhile she's a she's a horrible, she's a whore. She you know she so they punish the girl. Yeah. Um, like she she looks like that. She's asking for it. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, this is you know good old boy. You know he's mm-hmm. on the he's yeah. on the city council, and you know mm-hmm. he's a car dealer. He's a great guy. Yeah. yeah, he just wants to have some fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's so all. terrible. But um, it's there, I mean there has been a sea change. I mean law uh, uh, new generation of law enforcement realizes. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Texas has passed a couple of laws recently in the, in the last couple of sessions. Um, they can still do a lot better, um, mm-hmm. and they're you know they're getting more and more awareness out uh, mm-hmm. how big a problem this is. Um, there's um, we right now we get a call a week uh, from you know law enforcement CPS no we're not open yet parents don't mm-hmm. um, and so my kid's been rescued you know where do we go um, mm-hmm. and we try to help them find places there are only 20 beds in all of Texas mm-hmm. uh, currently there's a, a small place outside of Houston nationwide there's 350 beds what yep uh, there are 13,000 animal shelters in this country <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I was actually talking with a friend of mine recently about like how, like, it's great. Like people like, like, like all the animal shelters on here are doing, but also there's like people that are homeless on the street. So we just kind of forget about all the time. Yeah. It's easier to take care about a homeless yeah. dog I, than a homeless man. It's like a taboo sort of talking to because dogs and animals, they're so precious, you know, they're so cute. People don't really want to talk about, something that I think they just they don't want to realize what's yeah. happening it's messy. right yeah. in front of them. It's messy. Or in the case of like homelessness, yeah. we kind of it's easy to point the finger saying, Oh, they are the ones that ruin their lives. It's their fault, so they should be on the street. Yeah. We shouldn't we don't address the actual problem. It could be drugs, it could be abandonment issues, it could be behavioral issues, mm-hmm. stuff that can be treated. But we end up just kinda of saying, Oh, it's just their fault. Yeah. yeah. It's too big to grasp. Or like in the case of trafficking, said. we don't want to think it exists. Yeah. No. Like it's not here in the states. No, like it happens everywhere else. It doesn't happen to us. Yeah, um, we uh, we believe that with given a chance. I mean, these girls have survived things that we cannot imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. You know, 
And if you can survive that, you can survive anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I work a lot with a lot of abused children. And, uh, I mean, when they have to go face their 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 perp in court, mm-hmm. you know, and they're throwing up, they're hyperventilating, mm-hmm. you know, they don't want to get anywhere near this man that hurt them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I tell them, I go, if you can get through this, you know, this is the scariest thing you have to do. You get through this, everything you look back on for the rest of your life mm-hmm. will be easy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, I mean, you lose your job, you divorce, you know, mm-hmm. you'll get cancer. I mean, all these wonderful things. <laughs> uh, but I mean, you face this your worst fear, um, and so we believe that these children will end up being survivor leaders. Um, we have our therapeutic director was a um, a, a child survivor of sex trafficking. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was an actual milk carton kid, uh, mm-hmm. missing twenty one days. Wow. Wow. Uh, she was trafficked when she was five. She was trafficked mm-hmm. when she was fifteen. When she was seventeen, um, and at seventeen, um, she had you know uh, fought her way loose to get mm-hmm. away from these traffickers. I mean, physically fought ran down to a store there this guy noticed she was upset um and he said little girl you know little girl what's wrong you I mean where can, can i take you somewhere and she had nowhere to go mm-hmm. nowhere to go she wanted to go back to the foster home where they abused her uh mm-hmm. and so she willingly went back to her pimps and she walked through the door they didn't yell they didn't hurt her or anything mm-hmm. they thought we got you now mm-hmm. you know you're there's no way you're you'll ever leave us mm-hmm. Uh, and they handed her some money and said, go buy some drugs. Uh, and she got arrested, uh, and which is very fortunate. Uh, and that's what pulled her out of that life. What uh, rehab? Oh, sorry. Go on. And so, but now she's the strongest woman I know. Uh, yeah. And, she, you know, she's, you know, faced that, that, that hard, hard thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely a great person to have on your team, for sure. Somebody who's been there. Yeah. Like, it's one thing to, like be involved with it but somebody's like been through it i think is like one of the most important things you could have uh what rehab programs are you offering at the refuge uh i mean definitely um you know they'll have certain kids will have problems with different substances and stuff like that um heroin and cocaine are a big problem they use that to control the kids a lot um, coping mechanisms yeah and um, so we'll be de- dealing with uh, the various substances. Like I said, the TBRI program is just mm-hmm. absolutely amazing. Um, and then the various therapeutic programs. But each we have what we call a circle of care that will be designed around each girl's particular needs. Uh, we have 10 cottages out there, four, co- four girls in each cottage. And they'll actually be paired with um, girls of similar circumstances. You don't want to put a girl that's been out three months into a room with a bunch of other girls that have been out three years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that would probably traumatize her yeah. a bit. Yeah, yeah. And so it's, you know, kind of come up with a therapeutic plan for each individual kid. Um, and uh, so we'll have that intake facility there to deal with their, you know, their whatever uh, physical uh, issues they might have, addiction issues they might have. Um, and then we have a transition facility as well. We're getting a transitional license. Uh, so the, the girls, like on CPS, the girl turns 18, you're out. No. Uh, with a transitional license there, we can take care of them even if they turn mm-hmm. 18. Uh, but they'll, um, uh, we're working with a group called Fostering Hope. 
uh, that works with severely traumatized kids. Uh, and they use the whole TBRI model. Mm-hmm. And so we're hoping to them is create a program where I could say if one family uh, will, uh, will end up adopting one of these children as they're coming out, uh, going into their community, into their church, for example, mm-hmm. um, and training that whole entire church on TBRI mm-hmm. so that, I mean, that's a whole lot of trauma for one family to absorb. So that way it's not, they have secondary and tertiary families, you know, help supporting mm-hmm. these kids there. So, I mean, it takes a whole community. I mean, our, you know, our failures in the community help produce these kids. Um, so it'll take a community to help rebuild them. Are you providing like education and job training for them? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a lot of educational programs. Uh, University of Texas Charter System, School Systems right. setting up their uh, education out there. Uh, and I have uh, all sorts of vocational um, opportunities coming up um, yeah, I, from nail salons wanting to come out there uh, <laughs> to like, like, you know, scientific, you know, programs and stuff. So I just want to give these kids, you know, mm-hmm. whatever their aptitude is, you know, whatever they, the mm-hmm. best that they can have. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also see in front of us, we have a bunch of the clay pigeons, which I saw on your website. Yeah. Uh, pigeons, doves, <laughs> my bad. Pigeons. The pigeons. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what are these exactly for? That's cool. It's uh, uh, they call it's called the Dovetile Project. Um, and uh, one of our original architects came up with this. Um, originally, you can see how they all fit together there. A row of doves going one way mm-hmm. and a row of going the other way. That's called tessellation. I love yeah, this. Yeah, nice. Uh, and we're going to fit all these tiles. Well, the original intent was to fit all these tiles together into one mosaic uh, mural. Uh, and have people put in their own hopes and prayers, um, and it took off. I mean, so many people wanted to get their hands on these to, you know, to reach out as a way to reach out to these kids mm-hmm. and let them know that people have been thinking about them and praying for them long before they ever arrived. Um, and so it went from one wall to just we're going to end up putting them everywhere. Uh, we have over 5,000 of these tiles. Oh, wow. Where are you getting these from? Are uh, these people reaching out to you like, like through email saying, I want to do this? Or? Yeah, I've got a, a different art, little ceramic places and stuff like that. It takes a lot, puts a lot of work into making them, cutting and uh, firing mm-hmm. the tile the first time. Uh, we'll have folks volunteer, you know, say, oh, you know, we have a little ceramic studio. Mm-hmm. We'll do it. And then we overstay our welcome and have a way they can't keep up with the demand uh we did do a little fundraiser and start uh, bought our own kiln oh. um, and it's currently out at community first uh y'all familiar with that mm-hmm. uh it's mobile lows and fishes is oh community. yeah we, i know about them they've got a yeah. t- tiny home community but yeah. it's 70 tiny homes out and sort of in our area out in bastrop there mm-hmm. Uh, and so the their residents are helping to make the tiles. It will soon be helping to make the tiles as well. But then with the tiles, when it, we'll move the kiln over to our place once it's up and running. Um, and um, we hope to make these into little kits, you know, that you can, like, mm. a kit of eight for a Girl Scout troop or 30 mm. for a church and with a little DVD, you know, kind of talks about, mm. you know, what this is and, you know, what it's all for. Can anybody, like, donate money towards like contributing to like if they want to get their, like their own tile can they just like donate like $15 and buy a message for that or uh, yeah I haven't even really institutionalized a you know program around it yeah. yet uh, I think once I have a, a, the ability to keep up with demand mm-hmm. you know I think I'll have like you know here's a here's you know I don't, X amount for an, a, four, a kid of four and mm-hmm. X amount for a kid of 30 and things like that uh, 
but uh, maybe I, I just, people just really, really love it. I, it's, it's a way to talk to like even like very young people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had like a little nine-year-old girl come up and said, this is for the little girls that are, that are not mm-hmm. being treated well. Oh, <laughs> that's so cute. That's so cute. I know this has been kind of like a, like a more serious down-to-earth episode that we've had. Uh, we do like to like spread the good news and stuff like that too. Do you like having like success stories of like helping somebody through the program? Uh, well, we're not open yet. Uh, uh, yeah. uh, like, um, do you know of any? Well, uh, Tony, uh, our therapeutic director, uh, yeah. is a good example of uh, you know, someone who gets some help, mm-hmm. uh, is able, what she's able to become. Uh, and she's actually, she does have a therapeutic program uh, up and running already. Oh, okay. Uh, she's been working with uh, minors who've been incarcerated, uh, for other, who, who were trafficked, were incarcerated for other charges. Uh, drugs or theft, assault, um, and she's working with uh, in a facility down Brownwood um, where it's a, a maximum security uh, lockdown. Um, and the state has seen such progress with these girls. They, they they've seen so many like well intentioned you know white ladies come in mm-hmm. you know and that the it doesn't make any impact on these kids whatsoever there. But when they found out she was also trafficked, these kids just went, what? <laughs> She's- and immediately latched onto her. And they wanted to know, you know, so you got through this, so there's a chance I might mm-hmm. be able to. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like an alcoholic, you know, the only person who can reach an alcoholic is another alcoholic. Mm-hmm. And so she, they, they, I mean, they all want to know, like, well, so there is a chance. And will I ever get married? Will I have children? Can I get a job? Mm. Um, and has had such, you know, incredible results with these kids opening up. So now they're creating the survivor mentor program uh, like that, all of it to facilities all over the state. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Tony's raised uh, it was a $30,000 budget. And so Tony, Tony raised that for the first year. Uh, and they're creating it here in Bear County, Harris County, and Travis County. Um, and going to hire once we, uh, we're doing like an extensive uh, kind of lay person's training with the survivors. They're not like licensed therapists, mm-hmm. but they know best practices and all that. So we're training the girls up. Uh, then we'll be paying them uh, to uh, fulfill these positions there because a lot of them, you know, they have records. Mm-hmm. Um, employment's hard. Uh, some a lot of them have kids, uh, and so it's great to do this out of the kindness of your heart. But we want to pay them for their time, you know, mm-hmm. to, and because uh, they can't have such an impact that the, the normies just can't. Mm-hmm. Um, and. So once that's up and running there, we will be the largest employer of um, survivors uh, in the state wow. of Texas. Wow, and, that's great. And it's yeah. a very small program. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, not only are you helping people that are going through this right now, but you're helping people that have been through it. Yeah. And yeah. giving them hope and then having them inspire hope. It's like, mm-hmm. it could be it's the true. opposite of vicious cycle. I'm not sure the word it's would like be. It's like an up cycle. <laughs> an up cycle, yeah. <laughs> a happiness cycle. We're going to ask you a very light question now. Okay, yeah. you kind of so. have to. Yeah. <laughs> this is such a. This is definitely the heaviest topic we've had so far. Afterwards, uh, yeah. <laughs> <get> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, our podcast is Everyday Superhumans, mm-hmm. and we always like to ask uh, the nonprofit that we talk to if you could be a superhero, which superhero would you be? Or make up your own, like. <sighs> or what superpowers would you have? Yeah, which I could probably name some as well, but I'm not going to. 
Um, well, okay. Early on, you'd asked about you know how I got involved in this, mm-hmm. um, and um, I. Uh, uh, a great deal of empathy for what these kids are going through. Um, I originally started with a group called Bikers Against Child Abuse, um, huh. and we I was working and riding with them and helping these kids testify in court, uh, and my life was going to hell, um, and I was dying. Uh, I was an extreme alcoholic. Um, and was in my final stages. Uh, I was one step short of being under a bridge myself. Uh, and um, I, because of Baca, I saw what the power of what you know, a group of people who cared could do. Mm-hmm. Uh, it gave me the courage to go into AA. Uh, I never would going into a group of people and sharing my problems with a bunch of you know, bunch of strangers. I never would have done. Um, it saved my life. Um, closing in on three years sober now. Um, thanks. I'm in AA. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah. You go. <laughs> so that's really cool. That's wow. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. And so that's kind of my superpower. Mm-hmm. And I know that whenever, like the, when I was a kid, there was a show called Ultraman, mm-hmm. which right. I just, Totally love is uh, early it's a Japanese show. Japanese, yeah, yeah, I'm not aware of it. I've never seen it, but from, and so there's one guy who's an ordinary guy, and he would have this little I don't know, stick that he would twist, and he would turn into Ultraman, and he'd mm. go fight Godzilla and Mothra mm. and all these guys there. But his power came from the sun, uh, and so every episode he would fight and fight and fight, and then he'd get weak. And our clouds would come over and like, oh no, what's Ultraman going <laughs> yeah. to do? Mm-hmm. So he'd break away and he'd go to the sun and get, get, regain his power. Um, and so that's me in alcohol. Uh, mm-hmm. That's me in AA. Um, and I like to think I survived for a reason. Um, and and it's to, I mean, I have this compelled to help these children. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I do know that I have... I, I gain power through powerlessness mm-hmm. uh, and giving up all my <laughs> my power. Uh, and I know exactly what that child feels like, um, and I know I, I I was close to killing myself uh, at one point, um, and I know how what true despair feels like. Um, and I know that if I keep going to the AA meeting, you know that's that's. Back to my superpower, you know, I reconnect with the sun to that original mm-hmm. strength, uh, and that's what keeps me going. Um, and with Baca and this, I mean, I kind of ride around in a costume, you mm-hmm. know, all the time anyway. Um, so I, it's, I'm so blessed that I get to do this. Um, and my first three months of sobriety, I was totally insane and had no, no job, didn't know what I was going to do. And I was just riding along on a motorcycle thinking, all I want to do is ride my bike and help kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and that all came true. Um, and so I'm so blessed that I get to do this. You know, when they, um, the refuge came to me uh, after I helped them out with a, a PR, I was giving a little press attention. They came and said, do you, "Would you like to do this, you know, full time?" And I said, "I'd do it for free." Wow. Um, so I, 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 whatever's going on politically and in the world, the environment and all that stuff, I used to get really, really upset and mm-hmm. rant and rave and all mm-hmm. that. And 
and now I just and I can get up tomorrow and go help a kid, mm-hmm. you know, and that's I can actively do something. Yeah. Um, and all the ranting in the world didn't solve anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. and that's probably that's, the most yeah. heartfelt and that, that uh, answer wow. to that question. That is like <laughs> that is so inspiring. Yeah. I just CG. I, yeah. Yeah. Man, I'm like speechless right now with the amount of um, just passion in your story. It's mm-hmm. really great to hear. Yeah. Thank so you. thank you. And it's an issue that people need to be aware of. And thank you for doing this. Like, yeah. This is great. Yeah. Yeah. I just like want to like big hug everybody right now. <laughs> like or like high fives all around. <laughs> to learn more on the refuge for DMST, check out the refugeaustin.org where you could learn more about how you could save a young girl's life today. Also, for more updates in their journey, follow them on social media at facebook.com slash the refuge for DMST, Twitter at DMST the refuge, and also on Instagram at the refuge Austin. Become the hero Austin deserves at everydaysuperhumans.com, where you can find your next volunteer opportunity. You can also follow us on Twitter at superhumanscast, like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash everydaysuperhumans, and check out our Instagram at everydaysuperhumans. Like what we're doing? Want to support the show? You can give us a hand by rating and subscribing to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're feeling really generous, be sure to donate to our Patreon at patreon.com slash everydaysuperhumans. And remember, not every hero has to fly. So grab your cape and let's go.